Welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. Once again, I am one of your hosts, Joey. And I am your second host, Tab. That's right. What did you say last week? Your most illustrious host or something? Something like that. (laughs) Uh, And we're going to talk to you today about game ideas that we have. A segment called Make This Game, Damn It. The games that we, we want made. Not not sequels, you know, not not extra content from games that we already right, know right. exist or series. We want these new ideas that we have, and we want someone to make these goddamn new games. to us. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that's true. they're in the works, but to us, these are originals. Be kind. <laughs> I don't think this 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 one. My my idea is in the works, but we'll, okay, okay. we'll talk about that when we get How to dare it. Dare you. Um, what are you drinking? I feel like a lot of podcasts start out with like, oh, what are you drinking? <laughs> this like, is it's... not impressive. <laughs> no, well, but it's like, they, it's always some alcoholic beverage because they'll like oh, agree upon yeah, like, yeah. let's get some, you know, drink. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm just drinking a man. After that meeting we just had, I considered grabbing a blueberry shanty, but I didn't. So I'll wait till after the podcast. Um, I am drinking. Uh, drinking? So you are drinking an <laughs> yeah. alcoholic beverage. <laughs> no, um, sparkling ice, lemon oh, lime. Ooh. Wow. Uh, you can buy this at Meyer, oh. uh, if you're in the Midwest, um, and it tastes like Sprite. So there you go. Delicious. Um, yeah. I'm drinking herbal tea. So yeah, we're a bunch of. <laughs> what brand you gotta? <laughs> it is. Oh shit! What is the brand that I like? Uh, Bigelow. It's Bigelow. Bigelow. Okay. It's right. Orange and cool. spice herbal tea. It's very. It's my. Ooh. It's my jam right now. See if uh, Tears is familiar with that. Yeah, it's my. I don't know if you can hear it. It's probably gonna end up in the background, but I hear the neighbor. They just started up their rumbling truck, and I can feel the vibrations. So I, I'm sure I that's making their it, presence. But I'll turn up the volume in the background <laughs> when I do the editing. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> get get some uh, some texture to this podcast. So yeah. let's talk about some news. I feel like. It, last week was a really big week. This week isn't so big. We have a few stories that we yeah, just a that couple we're things. sort of interested in. Um, we were talking about VR on last week's episode, and now Doom 3 VR for the PlayStation VR was released just yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was announced just a few weeks ago. I don't know if it, was in, if it was announced before that. A few weeks ago was when I saw the trailer, and I don't know. I've seen mixed reviews, but I'm kind of interested. It's a... Uh, it's okay. like the most horror, like horror esque version of that game. It's a lot more like slow paced and kind of creepy and dark um, than the more action packed, fast paced uh, recent right. iterations. Um, but yeah, I'm kind it's, of interested. It sounds more like one that I would enjoy watching someone play. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to play it, but that's yeah. just me and my relationship with horror games. So, I mean, there's uh, yeah. At the time when it was being developed and being kind of hyped up, it was it was a return to the series because it had there was a big, you know, mm-hmm. gap in between releases, and so they were returning to the series and they were making such a big deal about the graphics and the lighting effects and the darkness and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know how much of it's going to translate to modern day and VR and all that stuff, but I'm I'm interested enough to give it a try. Yeah. Um, Mario is dying today. Uh, today's <laughs> we're, we're recording on March 31st, <laughs> and uh, everyone there's a whole kind of meme 
or movement yeah. going on about Mario dying because Nintendo is taking the Mario uh, 3D All-Stars collection. I don't know. I don't. I can't say off the shelf. I don't know what they're doing. They're just not going to be selling it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That one is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, I don't know. I see mixed stuff about. I feel like they're going to offer them at some point, probably individually. So it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, yeah, then I'll look back at this and be like, what the hell were you thinking, Nintendo? But, you know, <laughs> as long as they make it available at some point later, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sony made it official that the what we reported, not reported, we, we, we regurgitated from another news site. <laughs> uh, last we were week. cutting edge last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some hardcore reporting. Um, but Sony made it official that the the PlayStation Store for the PlayStation 3, PSP, and Vita are going away. I went on a little shopping spree because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent like two hours going through the store. Part of it was because it was the PS3, and you would think the PS3, which has, you know, the very powerful processor could handle the PlayStation Store, but as I started getting like further and further down the list, it got really slow and chunky. But um, I was just going through and trying to find games that I don't know, you know, where else I can get them. Um, I haven't been able to get physical copies. I've tried. Uh, And so I'm like, I want to snag them before they're just gone. I can't get them on the PS4. So one of them was, they're all PS1 games. One of them was Final Fantasy Tactics, which I've been meaning to play for fucking years. (laughs) So I really want to get around to that one. Uh, I bought a game called Tomba which I used to play on a demo disc for a PlayStation way back in the day. Oh, and it was like wow. one of my favorite demo discs games. Cause like you'd get these demo discs and be so excited. Cause there's like 14 games on there and then only like two or three of them would be good. That was one of the ones where I just kept playing that level, the opening level over and over again. Uh, so I got that. I got Dino crisis two Cause I don't know where I'm going to find a cheap copy of that. Mm-hmm. And then I bought uh, silent Hill, the first game. Cause I have every other game. So I don't nice. have a physical copy of that, but, um, but yeah, what else? Um, the Witcher 3 is getting a next-gen upgrade for PS5 and Xbox yeah. Series X in the last half of the year. Are you going to – you have any interest in that? Um, Maybe. Uh, I definitely have more pressing items on my list that yeah. I want to wanna play through. But I would be interested in that. Um, I'm more curious to know about what's going to happen with Cyberpunk, but – We'll talk more about that when we actually have information. <laughs> well, they just came out with a patch that had like hundreds of fixes. Mm-hmm. I saw someone, I think it was the MinMax uh, Min show Twitter, posted like a GIF of them scrolling through all the fixes. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm more interested once there's like actual content that's being yeah. added to it. But yeah, because we, you know, we've, already, we've already played through it and gotten platinum. So yeah. I feel like there's not a whole lot more to actually do in the world. but And The Witcher 3 is not a, a short game, so part of me is like, yeah. I'm curious about it. If it's a free upgrade, if you have the PS4 version like we do, right. I'm definitely jumping on that. Um, I'm sure our friend Amy will play it again. Oh, yes. She's always looking for an excuse to to replay it. Probably Paul, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I, I would be curious to see what it actually looks like and... Monster Hunter Rise was released this week. You have any? We both bought Monster uh, Hunter World, but we never. I still want to play it. I know we have. I do. Maybe this summer. And I feel like we should rope in some friends this summer yeah. for some more co-op time. I yeah. think that would be a good one to kind of try out together. 
Yeah, because it seems hard, but I feel like if we're all together, I think it'll we be We can all a, struggle together. It'll be yeah, perfect. definitely. <laughs> um, but bonds will strengthen. So so do you have any interest in Rise? I have been hearing lots of hype about it. Or are you kind of like, ah. I have also heard a lot of hype, but I honestly don't know that much about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, same. I keep hearing I'm that it's like difficult for beginners to get into and then some people are like it's the easiest in the series for beginners to get into so well that's quite a <laughs> quite differing <laughs> perspectives there right. mm. <laughs> I, well i think part of it is like monster hunter fans who've been fans for years have been waiting for it to get big in the west because it's been big yeah. in japan for years it's been huge overseas it just hasn't had the same success over here so i think there's like big fans and big proponents of the series that are like Come on, people, get on board. Like, this is a great right, series, right. you know. Um, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, which we both, that's going to be on our games we've been mm-hmm. playing list. There's a movie in the works by Sony. Yes. It's not yes. going to be out for a long time, but right. how do you feel about that? I mean, we were just talking recently about video game movies. and I think potentially it could be very exciting, yeah. but because it's so early, I feel like there's not much to say. I think it's a great idea. But, of course, we'll just have to see how that is actually executed because so many video game movies are just not that great. So, Yeah, I, I'm curious what they're going to do with the visuals because the game is so stylized mm-hmm. that how do you – you can't just probably – even if they went to Tsushima and recorded there, you can't just record – I mean, Japan is beautiful, of course, but mm-hmm. it's not – the augmented beauty of that game and so like are they going to augment some of the visuals with right. cg or just go very artistic and very stylized i don't know but i'm mm-hmm. you know we probably yeah. won't see it for at least like three years but i'm yeah i'm pretty potentially it sounds really cool but yeah you know remember that whole hype conversation yeah we had? <laughs> yep, we are. we're always going to point back uh. to that um, but speaking of ghost of tsushima i know we've both been playing a little bit of that this week what else have you been playing uh been playing red dead redemption Ooh, um red dead redemption 2 yeah so i have been wanting to jump back in i've already you know played through like the whole the whole campaign but i it's one of those games that i really enjoyed and i want to get platinum i don't know if this is actually possible for me to get platinum without maybe eliciting the help of some of my friends uh, because of the online stuff. Right. But at the very least, I want all of the trophies for the story. And so I've been slowly doing that. I'm at the point, though, where I can't get any more trophies as- apart from just doing everything there is to do in the world. Right. And so that's going to take a long time. But this is like a, this is a project for me. Uh, and I just enjoy that game so much. I was actually commenting earlier in the week that, you know, when I when I beat it initially, I was like, wow, that what an experience. There's so much detail. The story is great. Um, this is one of my favorite games. Now that I've returned to it, I, man, this might be my favorite game. Like it, it has gone from like the number five slot to start, you know, it's inching up on number one. Wow. Um, it's just, it's beautiful, man. And like there <laughs> is, I hate the word immersive when it comes to video games because it's it's overused. Yeah. But this is one of the most immersive games. And I know that some people will shit on Rockstar games because of the control scheme or 
the violence or, or whatever. The menu interface. The games interface. are too big. There's too much to do. I don't like the interface. Let me open the fucking map with the with one right, button. Right, right. You know Just give mean? me the fucking touchpad. <laughs> there, there are valid complaints, but yes, there are absolutely valid complaints. Having said that. Because initially when I played the game, I was like, this is too overwhelming, and I stopped playing. And it was like months later that I returned to it, well after you had beaten it. Yeah. And I once I like let myself get into it and I committed to putting a couple of hours into it to kind of get sucked into the world, I was totally hooked and obsessed. And that is very much where I'm at right now, revisiting it for like the third or the fourth time. Um, I just – I just – I love it. I could – talk about that for a whole episode but what i want to share gonna, with you today i was gonna ask you <laughs> okay so you're probably about to say it but you have been struggling to get this very specific trophy yes I... there was this very specific trophy <laughs> so initially when i was when i returned to the game after feeling too anxious about it when i returned to it i was like i'm loving this so much i want to get platinum and then i looked at the trophies and i was like <laughs> there's some trophies that are going to be really fucking hard. Thanks yeah. a lot, Rockstar. So one of those trophies is the Grin and Barrett trophy. And what that requires is that you get attacked. You have to let yourself be mauled by a grizzly bear. And then you have to immediately murder that grizzly bear. And you have to do that 18 times. <sighs> I... So I committed to this. <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just say like when yeah, I yeah. saw that when I first started playing like when I first start playing a game I'm concerned with like learning the mechanics and learning the world. Once I start getting into it, that's when I start looking at trophies and I start thinking, are there any I can get on my way to like the end? Right. You know, are there any that that seem fun? I don't think either of us are like trophy hunters necessarily. We don't get trophies just to get them. But there are great ways to like augment the gameplay. And so we'll look yeah. for fun trophies. And I was looking through them and I saw that one and I was like, this was before I had encountered a bear. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that one seems kind of fun. So, okay. And then when you encounter a bear, it's fucking terrifying. These things are it's so horrifying. vicious. And I it's... died immediately. And I was like, how the fuck yeah. do you expect me to not only survive 18 bear attacks, not encounters, attacks, but yes. then turn around and kill the bear? Like, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Who came up with this fucking sadistic trophy? <laughs> so I, I apologize, but I just wanted to throw that well, in. Well, and, and we've played online together and we'd gone on like hunting adventures and fishing adventures and we'll be like, oh, there's a bear. We're going to get it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we're ready. We're in position. And then it fucked us mm -hmm. up. Like we both died. Yep. <laughs> Got so I was so like, prepared. this is impossible. And as soon as you hear when you're, especially like if you're on your horse and you hear that, like, oh, oh, yeah. oh you're like, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking dead. I'm fucking dead. But part of what gave me confidence was I saw a TikTok where this person was like, if you face the bear, you can like confront it and it will back down. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that was possible. So I looked up a guide and it was like, all you have to do, <laughs> of course, because these guides simplify yeah. everything. Just go to this one region around Wallace Station and you have a chance for three bears to spawn. And that's how you can quickly get this trophy. And this person was like, it'll take you half an hour. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I go there. You're supposed to set up a camp. I found one bear. There was only two, maybe three times where like I would find a bear, kill it, survive, and then go a little bit past that area and then there would be another bear. I never was lucky enough to have like three bears spawn at a hmm. time. But once you kill a bear the first time, you're like, oh shit, I can do this. Um, it helps to have like a shotgun. And I had a little bit of confidence. But then you have to like go and set up a camp away from that area and sleep maybe, maybe twice 
and then go and ride around on your horse until you see another grizzly bear and let it fuck you up again before you murder it in the face. There's no way to do it in half an hour. Like just with the load times, even on the PS5 and just like the running around, it took a lot longer than that. In fact, I split it up over two evenings so that I wasn't (laughs) um, just going insane. But I finally got it. I feel very proud about that trophy. What did I say? Like 0.4% of players have that trophy? Yeah, 0.4, 0.2, something like that. Like, whenever there's a trophy and it's below 5%, I feel a little bit of accomplishment. This one I feel very accomplished. (laughs) Even though it's not necessarily skill, it's just persistence, which is usually the case with with, um, trophies of this nature. Did you take a screenshot? I do have a screenshot. Of the point four. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do the same. <laughs> yeah. I am traumatized, though. Now, whenever I am Arthur going through the countryside, <laughs> if I see a shadow, a boulder, a tree stump, I think it's a fucking grizzly bear. <laughs> Thank you, Rockstar. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, we, we will probably have a whole episode about trophies at some point because yeah. I think there are t- stories like that where it's like a tro- just one trophy this is not part of the game this is just an extra mm-hmm. like supplementary yeah. part of the part of the experience but trophies can be a lot of fun if done right and i think mm-hmm. that is a really great example like it's you didn't have to do that and without right. that trophy why the fuck would you do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. but like now that you got it there's that real sense of accomplishment so yeah yeah and like i it's an experience so i can now tell that stupid story and talk (laughs) about my trauma and share it with people so yeah (laughs) and we appreciate it (laughs) what if you have been playing i have so speaking of trophies i finally got the platinum trophy in persona 5 strikers yay it took me forever to grind out those uh (laughs) those specific kind of experience points that you need but i finally got it um, but I had that weird moment w- that you do when you spend so long with a game, even if you spend mm-hmm. the last like 10 or 15 hours or whatever I did grinding, um, where you're like, oh, yeah, I finally got it. And then you're kind of sad that you have to move on. Like, yeah. I want to move on. But I'm like, I also just kind of wish I could live in the Persona 5 universe. Like, I love that world and those characters. And I've probably said enough about it, but I got that platinum. I moved on. We've, we've been playing Ghost of Tsushima and Minecraft kind of, you know, mm-hmm. on and off. Um, And then you watched me play Layers of Fear. We just knocked that out in like five or six hours. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty interesting. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. And I think for a pretty limited experience, the narrative was a little too fragmented and kind of poorly strung together for me. But I like a lot of what it it was doing with some of the surreal imagery and effects Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I thought it it was it was pretty fun. Um, and then I started Life is Strange 2, and I'm not that mm-hmm. far into it. I'm not even through episode one yet, but um, I don't I don't think I am. Maybe I'm in, in episode two, but so far I'm really liking it. It is a little bit rougher than I would have expected for a full sequel hmm. to Life is Strange in terms of like the presentation, like character movement and oh, voice and lip syncing and voice acting and stuff. But um, overall, I'm, I'm invested in the story. I just started getting to some heavy shit basically so uh i am liking it and i'll i'll probably have more to say later but uh cool that's about it for me what else have you you've been playing anything um no i did okay so i know last night i said that i had 
decided on the the, uh, the three games that I want to like play over the summer because like last last summer I made a list of like these are the games that I want to get caught up on and like finish yeah. and I I did that and even though it was only like three or four games I felt a sense of accomplishment at the end of the <laughs> summer because I did that while keeping up on like the new releases that I wanted to play so it's my little way of like tackling the backlog so I downloaded Doom last night um, probably not going to start that until after finals week but I am excited to play that and then maybe go straight to um, is Doom Eternal, right? Doom, is that the yeah. full name? Yep. Yeah. Um, but I but I haven't I haven't started it. Um, I did spend a little bit of time with my my good doggo in uh, the Hunter Call of the Wild. <laughs> I, I naturally I named my Bloodhound Scout, um, and we're definitely going to be spending some time together, some quality time in the woods. Uh, but other than that, and just playing um, Red Dead and some Ghost of Tsushima and Minecraft, I think that's about it. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so let's move on then to our main course. Make this game, damn it. Fucking developers out there, Make publishers. This game, damn it. You know, no one, you know, it's just if you want to steal our ideas. We would yes. love to have a producer credit or something. You know what? I'll take a review copy. Right. I don't need anything other than that. <laughs> Even just a, a, a special thanks to or something. Just a little nod. Whatever just... you just take, just make these goddamn games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, would we want to be brought on as writers and paid something? Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. But I don't even need that. Just <laughs> I don't need it, but I want it. Okay. Like I'm trying to, I'm true, backing true. myself out of my corner that I put myself in of like, here, free labor. Like, right, well, right. well, well, wait a minute. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, to be fair. But yeah, so these are games, uh, kind of game pitches or game proposals. These are ideas that we have for original mm -hmm. games that we have maybe thought of for a long time or for years or that we don't see out there. Uh, and then we just want them to be made into games. Like someone take these ideas mm -hmm. and fucking make them. So do you yeah. want to start or should I? Yeah, I can I can start. If okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so <clears throat> I want to acknowledge that this game is has like a very specific audience. This is not going to appeal to anyone. If you judge me on this, fair. No. Not going to um, appeal to anyone? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it. it I think it should, but but you know how there are certain games that are very much like not your thing. Yeah, but I would. I'm also yeah. surprised by how popular some of those games are. Like, there True. are so many sim True. games. It's like yeah. farming yeah. sim, trucking sim. You know, there's like a, a cow logging milking sim, logging sim. sim. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So okay, so this is Untitled Project. But okay. Tab London, I don't have a name. I didn't think of a name. I thought of a lot of other details. <laughs> Off to a good But start. I will leave that up to the developer. <laughs> okay, so here's what I want. I love nature. I love camping and fishing and hiking and shit like that. I want that as a game. So I have my little, my little leather notebook here. I, I took some notes down. Excellent. So imagine this, a camping game where you go into a national park or some other like massive forested region and you are just there to exist. So you're going to do things like hike trails and explore and set up your camp and view these beautiful vistas. And you can also hunt for like little collectible things. And that's it. Like that's the game. Now you may be thinking <laughs> boring, right? No. So what it does is it's offering a chill experience, which is something that I've 
come to value more and more as yeah. time has gone on. Like, I love me some action-adventure games. Like, I'm all for RPGs. But sometimes I just mm-hmm. like to chill. And that's primarily why I like games like The Hunter Call of the Wild, because I can literally just walk around in the woods. That's yeah. all I have to do. Like, there's no pressure to do anything. If I see an impressive buck, I can shoot it, but I don't have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is one of those, like, chill, sort of simmy experiences. Um, but it would be for anyone just seeking that, like, relaxation in the virtual wilderness, just being at one with nature. And what I would envision is, like, two, I guess, modes for this game. So there would be, like, a peaceful mode and an adventure mode. And in peaceful no disasters would occur. Nothing essentially bad would would happen to you or take place. And it's just like a relaxing time existing in the woods. In adventure, it's not quite a survival. I don't envision this as being like a full-blown survival game. But some like random things can happen. Like let's say a really nasty thunderstorm or like a wildfire that might like displace where you're at in the world or require you to move to make certain decisions, things like that. Um, you know, you might have missing or damaged gear. Uh, it might be harder to, because I, I would envision like fishing in the game. Maybe it's not as easy to catch a right. substantial fish. Um, thing, things like that. But it's not like necessarily like life or death. Um, as far as like artistic and like graphical style to just help you like envision this, um, I could see it going like one of two ways. So either realistic. So think of games like The Hunter Call of the Wild or kind of artful and stylized but still gorgeous maybe something similar to like a firewatch um but it has to be like visually pleasing so that you actually want to be you know in the environments right um as far as like what you would do in the game so again it's mostly about existing in nature but you could do things like hike any number of trails setting up your camp which you know you have a tent things like that Um, You know, starting a fire, you could collect and filter water, fish for food. Plus, you would also have rations that you bring with you on your journey at the start. You would have um, binoculars, you know, just for like exploring and looking at pretty things. Um, You could cook your own food. Maybe you could take a dip in the lake or the stream. And also you would have like a camera so you could like take pictures and you could even. So I want there to be like a journal element and you know, you can snap a hundred pictures, but you get to decide what pictures actually go in the journal to document your journey. And then I was also thinking maybe at like the start of the park, there could be a sort of like little store or some other like structure where you just, you're, you don't go inside, but just on the outside, you can send and receive um, postcards. Wow. So there's sort of like a, a narrative, but the narrative is like your experience, your adventure. Um And then as far as navigation, there would be a map and the map at the start would have like the major trails marked like maps typically do. But as you explore, it's kind of like a a interactive map in that when you find lesser trails, they would appear on your map. And also when there are random events, and I'll explain those random events in a minute, when those random events occur, a little icon would pop up on the map where that occurred. So the map itself is sort of a log of your experiences. So, okay. I'm, I think it's, um, I, I just want to, yeah. I feel like I want to throw stuff in there and I keep like, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait. But like, <laughs> I want to, I want to throw some, I love the journal idea because I love journalism yeah, games. Yeah. Um, the Uncharted games have them. Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2 has them. Red Dead. Uh, Life is yep. Strange 2 Fucking and Life is Strange 1. I love when characters do things like sketch the world or take pictures and collect them. Yes. And the idea that this whole thing is exploratory and, and like your 
adventure, I mm-hmm. think is really cool. You mentioned sending postcards. Are those to other players or to like characters in the game? Ooh, ooh. You know, I, I was just envisioning when you like create your little character that you, you know, you have like family and yeah. friends, you know, because this is like it's the start of spring or summer and I'm going off on this month long journey through these parks. Um, and so it would just be like little updates of your okay, adventures cool. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that would be cool about the map, so there are these random events that can occur in the world. And so because the random events, because they're random, <laughs> they can occur, but they might not always occur at the same spot. So every time you like play through, your map is going to look a little bit different based on what events you um, like witnessed or experienced and right. where they occurred on the map. Um and then, of course, there would be like a basic compass, you know, in the, the left or the right corner or whatever. And then the journal will autofill with entries based on the things that you experience in the game. But I was also thinking sometimes I want to be able to write in the in-game journal. And so that could also be an option. And then as far as random events, so to kind of dig into that a little bit, um, And these would be a little bit different based on whether you're playing like the peaceful or the adventure mode. But I was thinking one that would be amazing for for fans of virtual pets is you could find a lost dog that'll stick around you get to keep that's awesome uh you could find the journal of someone else who has explored the park maybe they dropped it or whatever and you get to refer to their discoveries and experiences so it could reveal a couple of key things on the map like a waterfall or whatever uh there could be a wildfire like i mentioned like different like weather sort of events you could find a cave maybe in that cave there are like notes or messages from previous people that you know visited the location you could stumble upon things like a decaying sleeping bag in the woods and maybe your character would like because i imagine there would be like some voiced lines and so either your character is actually speaking the lines or like you know it's right. popping up in their head or whatever uh, you could see a predator for a brief moment, like a cougar or a bear. You could catch a monster fish. Um, you This would be kind of funny and playful, but maybe you could see like Bigfoot <laughs> tracks and like just a couple tracks, right? And that would be another moment where your character would be reflecting about like, wait, what's out here? Uh, you could lose your, your flashlight batteries. You could find batteries. You could have a bunch of mosquitoes bite you, yeah. things like that. Um, Ticks. And then as far as like the player, the I'm sorry, what? Enemy. Oh God, takes. <laughs> I hate them. And then the player character, I so I imagine this is going to be first person. I think that makes the most sense for like being again. There's that word immersed, but being immersed in like the world and the beauty of it all. But I think you could still sort of have some design options so that you can better identify with like the character that you're playing. And like I said, I think there would be some like voiced lines and inner thoughts and things like that. And then for the adventure mode, you would have little icons probably in the left for like food, health, and stamina. And health, of course, is drained by things like weather and lack of food. But then um, the stamina levels can like um, build over time from like the activities like hiking up a mountain is going to take a lot of energy, but that gives you experience. Um, But I don't want it to be like too much of like an rpg but to have some of those game elements there just to kind of make it um i don't know i guess a little more recognizable (laughs) as a game i don't think games have to look like any one thing i especially love indie games because they often break the the norms and the conventions and the things that we would expect um so i'm totally a fan of walking sims like i i just think this could sort of be like a hybrid i think indie games are a great example because i think indie games have showed developers especially over the last like 10 or 15 years 
that all of those <laughs> things that we were told games need to have, like challenges and difficulty and all that stuff, yes. is not necessarily the case. Like there are plenty of games where, you know, Minecraft, again, we keep coming back to that, but that broke a lot of mm-hmm. game development rules and it's it became the biggest game in the world, you know? So, so I think yeah. you're right. I think, you know, especially if it's an indie game um, and, and the expectations are made clear, it doesn't have to be like, well, here's where all the challenges and here's where all the objectives are and all that stuff. So right. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's where I think things get a little more Ooh. interesting if I haven't sold you already. <laughs> so I was thinking about like, okay, if if this were actually a game that I could will into existence, are there any other like systems or features that I would want to like overlay over this idea? And I, I settled on a card system. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah. (laughs) So in the game, when you start out, you have gear, right? So you've prepared for this, like, summer in this national park. So your gear appears. Have you? you, I'm sure you've seen those, like, little vintage deck of cards. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So your gear appears as those vintage cards. And so there's a card for your tents. There's a card for your flashlight, for your batteries, a coat your cooking gear, stuff like that, okay? Okay. In peaceful mode, you have a basic set of what you need to, you know, start on your journey, and you can also find more cards throughout the world. So maybe when you find that decaying sleeping bag, the sleeping bag isn't useful, but you pick up a battery or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, In adventure, you have that basic set of cards, although I think some of it could be a little randomized as far as, like, because cards would have quality. So, yes, I have a tent, but is it like a brand new tent or is it like a 10 year old tent right, right? and um, plus you always like when you go camping i feel like it's shit goes wrong you always forget something <laughs> yeah you yeah. get there and you're like shit i forgot to pack the whatever yeah. so i have the batteries i don't have a flashlight <laughs> right so there's gonna be at least one card that you're missing because you right got it at home and so you have that that randomized set but you can lose cards so maybe as you're hiking up the mountain and you're carrying all of your gear, your fucking flashlight falls out or something, oh, right? Yeah. But still, as within peaceful mode, you can also gain cards. Um, and so if you, you know, you have stuff that you're able to collect, which will, of course will affect, you know, what you're able to do and things like that. Um, but ultimately, if you lose enough cards, your journey will have to end. So that adds, I think, a little more spice to the adventure mode. Yeah, sure. Um, but that's basically my idea. I can imagine music being some lovely like acoustic music a lot of ambient noises running water cicada things like that um but that's my untitled project (laughs) (laughs) i think a great feature for that game speaking of music would be i actually now that i think about i haven't dug into the ps5 or the xbox series x yet to see how you can integrate your own music because for the Ah. xbox one and the playstation 4 there were ways to either stream or play your own Mm -hmm. music and they weren't great, but yeah. maybe the new consoles are better at that. Maybe not. But I wonder if there would be a way for that. Because like, I can imagine like if this were supposed to be kind of a simulation, if I were out camping, maybe I would be okay with that kind of gentle acoustic music. Maybe I would want to just hear the sounds of nature. Mm-hmm. But maybe I want to bring my iPhone with me and listen yeah. to Taylor Swift as I'm you know, trekking through the the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be cool. I think, I mean, okay. So I think, you know, that I, I like games like this or like, I I like that. Like you said, there is no game like this, but there are games that 
try or do some of this like Red Dead yes, Redemption yes. 2 I think is a great example like the idea that you can just go out in the wilderness and do some of this stuff mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite allow you to do everything that you're talking about and so I love a game that's just dedicated to that because mm-hmm. there is something especially like you know not even just during a pandemic I think there are so many of us that are like uh, during a pandemic I couldn't get out and it's like would I have gone hiking if it weren't right, a pandemic right. less probably, probably not <laughs> Um, but I, I like that opportunity to have a game that does that. So I think it sounds really cool. Um, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit with my question about the, the postcards, but would there be the option for a multiplayer? Would I be able to visit your camp or anything like that? That would be cool. You know, at the very least, if you could add friends and that way you could share what your map looked like and the random stuff, or you could send a postcard and maybe even on the postcard, because obviously postcards are limited, but you could write like, here's what I did. And then here's a little sketch of like this, this white elk that I ran into. Like, I think that would be cool. Because then you, you like spend a week or whatever, and then you come back to pick up a care package or whatever and you have a little i have a letter from from joey like that's cool well oh, now see i'm thinking what would be really <laughs> cool is like at the end of the day if like mm-hmm. at the end of each day is when you write in your journal yeah and like for the sketches maybe you have choices so it's like <gasps> oh. you saw you you their entry would be like and you can write whatever you want like maybe you can even mm-hmm. it'll give you the option of saying i saw a white elk mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that would be the entry and then it, it asks you, what did the elk look like? And it gives you like a handful of options right. and it would be different drawing styles because I'm not a very good artist. And so maybe yeah, I would I... pick the more realistic, like rough looking kind of ugly sketch. Yeah, your your response could be like, well, my response is serious. It literally was a white elk. So here's a realistic elk. But you right. could be a little goofy and then it's more of like a doodle. Like that yeah. would be amazing. So there's like character right. in the options. I love that. Yeah, that's that sounds really cool. Also, you you mentioned trails too, mm-hmm. and you talked about like going out and finding like little Easter eggs and stuff like that. Would there be like the far edges of the map where there are no trails, and like maybe that's where you get into some really like yeah. a bear den or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, when you get the map, you get just like here are the major like trailheads or whatever. Yeah. Um, but of course, there are smaller trails and there are trails that are just like animal trails and stuff. And all of that could be explored. I think it would be cool, too, if like at night. So and this is mostly would be like an adventure mode, mm-hmm. but like because you would need a little bit of fear because at night, like you said, yep. but if you lose your flashlight, it's fucking dark in the woods. Yeah. You know, if there's no moon out or if it, like it's a very small moon um it is impossible to see and so Mm -hmm. that would be terrifying and the game you know if you're in adventure mode i assume probably wouldn't really help you out it wouldn't be like all right well here's a cheating way to you'd be stuck um if if you're far from your camp you're screwed (laughs) right if you have like if you brought your pack with you and maybe you have like a um a sleeping bag you can maybe just sleep out in the brush or like Maybe you, maybe your character has the ability to make a little lean to or something like that. But mm-hmm. that's what you would have to do. I also like the idea of like that. That's the the scariness of night when you are camping, uh, especially if you haven't been for a long time or if you're with people that don't camp very often. Which I admit I'm I don't camp very often. <laughs> um, when you f- that first night in your tent at night, it's kind of scary, and you think, mm-hmm. did I just hear something? Is there something in my camp is there something digging through my stuff is there <laughs> and it's just nature on the tent? It's right just... <laughs> it's just nature yeah but also what if you in adventure mode didn't practice good food storage safety 
and you do uh, hear yep. a, a bear outside, <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. sounds this, really I, cool. <laughs> see, I'm like in love with this idea. And it's not just because it's my idea. It's because it's what I really want to do with my life. <laughs> I, I Well, I think that's there's something to that. Like, again, like every time we play a game that comes close to that, like Red Dead 2, yeah. we're like, oh, it's so exciting. And then we're like, oh, but I wish I wish it did this or I wish it did mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so because like you and I, we we started playing Red Dead uh, two online because we were so excited about just going out and camping and fishing yeah. together. We were like, yeah, let's just go, let's set up tents and blah, blah, blah. And the game was like, oh, you want a fishing pole? You need to grind for you five hours. You need to be hours. level 13. <laughs> right. You you want to camp? No, you can't really camp. Like in single player, you can go camp basically wherever you want. In multiplayer, you have to camp at these like designated campsites and you mm-hmm. need to set up, you know, you need to, you need to buy stuff. Everything is everything costs money um and so there were so many things in the online mode in particular where i was like i can't just do what i want i can't just there has to be all of this extra stuff that i have to go through Mm -hmm. go through to just get to the thing that i want to do which is just camp and fish and hike and explore and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. i like yeah so to have a game that's specific to no it's just like camping and fishing like yeah <laughs> that would well, be amazing let, let me ask you this though in terms yeah. of like level of detail so when you're when you're going out to collect let's say like wood for your fire mm-hmm. um you're going to want to collect some starter stuff right some like little kindling mm-hmm. and stuff and get like logs and all that how detailed is that collection going to be is it going to be like red dead where like your character reaches up and pulls off a handful of branches one by one or is it going to mm. be like some of the more A lot of the survival games that I played, you just like touch the tree and it falls apart into a few branches and then, you know, you magically (laughs) scoop them up. Well, because you're uh, presumably we're in a national park, so we can't just be like chopping trees down left and right. So we kind of have to like work with what's on the ground. But I can't imagine this being maybe a little more cartoony. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you, would Mostly, I'm imagining this is like an indie project, right? So we're gonna have to, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to invest in the things we care about the most. I think, yeah, you're right. Like my imagination's starting to get carried away, and I'm starting to be like, I well, want maybe this to it be shouldn't big... even be like a national park. I don't know. Well, that hmm. that that's what I was thinking. Is like, would there be an expansion park, uh, expansion pack where it's you know, like DLC, different wilderness parts? or something? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like you literally go into an un, yeah, not say uncharted, but like a. You know, and then what if you could camp in the same way in other countries, you know, South Ooh, America, yeah. India, places like that, like mm-hmm. that That'd would be, be awesome. oh, so much harder because you like a lot of the a lot of the skills would would transfer. But some of them mm-hmm. different animals, different, yep. you know, geography. And everything, but it would so. it would add more variety for the cards, too. Yeah. Oh, so that yeah. see, I, I really like the card idea for this. I mean, I want to make this goddamn game. <laughs> right. Because what does fishing look like in India? You know what I mean? Maybe it looks the same. Maybe it looks very different. I'm not sure. But your so. bait might differ and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. What kind of predators awesome. do you have to worry about? Mm-hmm. Arctic. What about the Arctic? Oh. You don't got to worry about cutting down trees there. <laughs> <laughs> got to worry about freezing your us off. <laughs> um. But no, I think that's that sounds really good. So, who do you imagine? Thanks. Do you have a studio in mind of like? I mean, Ooh. it's an indie game, so maybe you wouldn't have like a specific Ooh. studio. But you know what? I think I have to go with um, Campo Santo. Mm. And they're I... with now, aren't they? Oh, that's true. I get big boys. Yeah. The big boys got to make See, it. They could step in. <laughs> they have a habit of like stepping in and like 
providing funding and support for your little project. So maybe it would become this big AAA thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Called Left for Dead Three, but it's not. There's no zombies. Like Left for Dead in the woods. Wow. Okay. Okay. We're done. (laughs) But no, I think that that sounds really good. So someone out there make this game, game, damn it. Okay, so let let me get to my idea now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yours, but mm-hmm. I am also very excited for mine. Uh, I I should have started with some clever take take on the the song, but uh, it's it's the Nightmare in Elm Street game. So, Ooh. or I should say, the A Nightmare in Elm Street game. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like I need a little bit of context to explain why this game is needed so your game is very different your game is a very like original idea my game mm-hmm. is you know it's an I, it's an existing ip yeah. but there are no video games out there for it so um it's it's a film franchise if you're not familiar with it from the 1980s it's a slasher it stars robert england as freddy krueger who's this dream demon basically who haunts you in your dreams and if you look at the, like the history of slashers um, slashers became less and less human-like and more kind of demonic and scary because you couldn't really escape them. So it's not mm-hmm. just some dude in the woods chasing you. It's this right, right. dream demon. You can't even escape him in your in your dreams. And so the series is a is essentially almost every movie is about a group of teenagers who kind of hears this rumor of this this you know demon Freddy Krueger this villain. Uh, and then they start going to sleep and kind of getting picked off one by one. And in the dreams, it's all, you know all kind of themed. And so there's like maybe one character who's like a swimmer um, from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, and her nightmares will be about like pools and swimming and stuff like that. And right. then the comic book nerd has dreams about you know trying to fight back against Freddy by becoming a, a comic book hero. But then Freddy becomes an even stronger comic book hero. So it's all kind of like <laughs> surreal and. And stuff like that. And the movies were huge in the 80s and 90s. They made tens of millions of dollars. Um, They were culturally significant and relevant. But that has waned since 2011. So in 2011, there was a remake starring... um, Oh, God. Jackie Jackie Earl Haley? I I think that's his name. Or is it Jackie Hale? No, I think it's Jackie Earl. The guy who played Rorschach in Watchmen... Um, okay. And it made $115 million on a $35 million budget. So it made its money back and then some. But mm-hmm. between like the critical and fan reception, it just wasn't exactly as well received and well liked as the previous movies. And so we haven't heard a peep about it in those 11 years. Freddy Krueger, the main antagonist, has been in Mortal Kombat games, he's been in Dead mm-hmm. by Daylight. But outside oh, yeah. of that, his relevance as like a horror icon is like is is virtually nil at this point it's it's been waning for so many years um i know that there's been pitches for another reboot i know there's been pitches for another sequel uh supposedly the rights to the series has reverted back to west craven's estate and so they're pursuing new pitches and looking for some way to continue it but i mean it's been 10 years you know and like virtually nothing has happened um and especially when we talk about video games there's been virtually nothing aside from the mortal Kombat and dead by daylight cameos there have only been two nightmare on elm street video games one both released in 1989 one for the pc Hmm. one for the nes and i did like the i I loved and hated the nes one because it was ridiculously hard and wasn't particularly good but Mm. 
it was also unfortunate. Yeah, and it was, but it was also kind of fun. It was like I loved Nightmare on Elm Street so much as a kid that I was like that that was enough for me. Um, also, the one that game developed by uh, for for uh, for the NES was developed by Rare. I don't know if you oh, realize wow. that. <laughs> yeah, Rare and like companies like Blizzard are always surprising because you'll play like an old game from like the early '90s and it'll be like developed by Blizzard, and you're like, "Is that the Blizzard <laughs> that I know?" You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's no video games. The movies haven't really been doing anything. Obviously, people there's a there's a desire for the character to continue because he's cameoed in these these big franchises, but no mm-hmm. one's doing any, doing anything with it. So. So, okay, let me back up. Let me just, I, I, what I want is basically, since you're not going to give us a new movie, and mm-hmm. if you do give us a new movie, it might be something that we're not sure we want, like the remake. Um, I want something that's sort of a, a, a retro revisiting of the series. So what I'm envisioning is a very kind of narrative horror game okay. that takes place between movies two, which was Freddy's Revenge, which came out in 1985. And movie three, which is Dream Warriors, which came out in 1987, so it take place in about 1986. At that point in time, the movies were coming about uh, coming out about two years apart, um, and each time it was like this new set of teenagers, and we're just supposed to imagine that like they didn't really know each other. But the reason that I picked between movies two and three is because um, Freddy's Revenge, the second movie, it had very little to do with the story in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Movie three picks back up from movie one and then they sort of continue on with shared characters and stuff from there so movie two is a little bit of like a redheaded stepchild very very different uh from the rest of the series so inserting it between two and three i think would be a good place to you don't have to use you know recognizable characters you can have this new set of characters but it's very much in the like the mythos and it's close enough to the first movie that the characters in the game wouldn't have this kind of long-standing familiarity with the lore of the neighborhood. Okay. So my... Okay. So it would be an original story, essentially. And it would... You would start the game as a teenager who lives down the block from where Nancy, the protagonist of the first movie and recurring character in later movies, uh, once lived. So you live down down the, the street from Freddy's house, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of the game would be set up like an adventure game. So you have breakfast with your family, you get ready for school, you attend class because you're in high school, as all the characters in the movies are. Um, And we, the audience, are introduced to your friends, your menagerie of friends, right? Okay. Um, The series has both kind of leaned into stereotypes because every teenager has to have like a thing, you know what I mean? Because again, that's the way that their dreams are kind of manifested in like this hobby or pastime of theirs um but also you'll have to have some kind of skill or something like that so we will kind of lean into some area some some stereotypes but i also think that it's an opportunity for for us to challenge it a little bit i wouldn't want to go too far and have like the entire cast be made up of of the most diverse cast ever because i feel like that would be um a little bit uh what is it called um pandering you know what i mean like i don't want to pander but i want to have you know we have this opportunity of this cast of like six or seven characters why not you know have a queer character which we don't really have there's a lot of queerness in the second movie but there's there's no you know they don't deal with race you know there are a couple Mm, of black characters throughout the series but there's nothing with that and i think 
social issues like that would be would make for interesting tension and interesting conflict and that's mm-hmm. interesting nightmares and dreams um so i don't i i started writing out a cast list and i had ideas of what these characters who they would be and what they would look like and then i was like i need to stop because i'm starting to get too <laughs> into like well if this character's um you know facing racial injustice or prejudice at school then maybe this is this and i was like no no no, just stop so i just have like a list of uh characters of these friends of the main character um which would be that are more of like types and then we could cast however we however we wanted to diversify from there um so your main character would be a new kid in town kind of an outcast um again however you want to make them outcasted maybe they have a disability maybe it's um, something with racial uh, discrepancies because this is a very white town. So if your character was brown, okay. that would immediately make you a little bit of a, you know, and we would want to deal with that. We wouldn't want it to just be, you know, like, you know, because I feel like movies do that a lot. Horror movies, especially they kind of they throw in like a token black character and then they're like, they'll either make jokes about it or they just ignore it and pretend like mm-hmm. we're all equal. And I don't think that really does. So, so you want to engage with it. Critically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you would have a computer nerd because we 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 did have a nerd in a, in one of the movies, um, but she was more of like an inventory type of nerd, like a science nerd. Um, computers in 1986, 1987 were still very new and up and coming. So I'd want to have a computer nerd in there. I'd want to have like a goth or vampire type of kid because um, mm-hmm. like the Smiths and the Cure and all these bands in the 80s, there was like a, a kind of goth movement. Um, Valley Girl or Pop Star. We didn't have any of those. We we do have one character in a later movie who's like a a supermodel, and she's supposed to be kind of um, a little airheadish, but she's not really. But we don't have like a Valley Girl, and it's the '80s, so of course there's got to be a Valley Girl. Um, <laughs> we don't have a lot of military characters, so I feel like having and they're all high schoolers. So this kid who's like maybe his dad was in the Marines or something, and okay. so he's going to be in the Marines because his dad was in the Marines and he's always doing push-ups in the hallway and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I feel like you'd want to have like a popular kid or a Ferris Bueller type who's like, okay. not like the jock, not like the the quarterback yeah. or anything like that, but just someone who's like very well liked by everyone and, and that kind of thing. And then maybe like an aspiring director. Cause I feel like that's another trope oh. we haven't had. So basically we start with all these archetypes and then we start doing interesting things with casting later on. Um, but I will, I will leave that for, for later. Um, but so you have this cast of characters, the main characters, friends, right? And so the first, the game takes place over the course of days, kind of like the persona game. So each day of the first week is going to be pretty scripted. It's going to introduce a new character who you play as for that whole day. So you start the game as the main character and you go to school and you meet this cast of characters and you go through, again, it's like an an adventure game. So you go to class, maybe there's like a little mini game in, you know, English class or something like that. Um, But throughout the day you meet your friends. And then the second day you'll take control of one of the friends and go through their day. And so each day you're introduced to a new character. You're introduced to the mechanics that are specific to that character and Mm -hmm. what makes their personality interesting or unique and you probably engage in their hobby or the thing that makes them okay that okay i like it right so um near the end of the first week one of the characters that has lived there for a while will tell the main character about the house the creepy house down the street and the mm. grisly murders that happened just a few years ago um and maybe there's a couple of your other friends there uh, and, and they're sort of like, yeah, but that's, you know, yeah, it, that happened, but there were all these rumors about, 
you know, her going crazy because there's like this dream demon, this guy that used to live in the neighborhood that killed kids or whatever. And like, oh, that's bullshit. And like, of course, they wouldn't believe that. <laughs> Who would? But it is pretty scary that all these people died and this this girl went crazy and stuff like that. Um, so at the end of each day, there'll be sort of this kind of title screen or black screen with like your character name and like the night tally. So if the main character's name is Jordan, it'll at the end of the day when they go to sleep, it'll say Jordan night one. And then on the first night during that first week, your dreams are pretty normal. So you're going to be dreaming about that stuff that your character is the, you know, has the archetype of. So maybe one of the characters dreams about winning like the big school race or something like that. Um, or another character dreams about getting a date with like the prom queen, like maybe the valley girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first character, the first night's dream for each character, they're going to feel powerful. They're going to feel like they have a lot of freedom. And the game's going to let you do a lot. The game's going to let you do almost kind of whatever you want. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. want to jump really high, the game's going to let you do it. If you want to fly, the game will let you do it. Um, but the dream world in each of those dreams will be specific to that character. So the first okay. week is very kind of safe and gives you a lot of power and agency and freedom as sure. these characters. And you're like, wow, dream dreams are fun. I like these dreams. <laughs> this is awesome. Right. But there's going to be a hint in at least a couple of the dreams of like Freddy. Like maybe it'll be a little bit of like a, you'll see him in the background or you'll see something that's red because, uh, Freddie wears an iconic red and green sweater. It's like a dirty red and, red and green sweater. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll see like a um, a car that has like red and green stripes or like a poster with like a guy in a fedora with a red and green sweater or something. Like you'll see little hints, but your characters won't have any idea who that is or what that is, you know. But you maybe as the player will. In week two, now you have more freedom with how you spend your days. So in week one, it's all very scripted. You kind of go through the scripted days to introduce you to the gameplay, the mechanics, the characters. In week two, you get to choose what you do during the day, and that influences the dreams that you have. So let's say you're the valley girl, and you choose to skip school and go shopping. And there won't be a ton of choices because that's a lot of development. But like, let's say you have a few right, choices right. per character. And so she decides, you know, oh, I don't want to go to chemistry. It's dumb. I'm going to skip class and go shopping. So maybe that night you have a dream that starts out very fun and it takes place at a mall. So you you get like, you know, unlimited, like you have this credit card that just is, there's no limit on it and you get to go and just buy whatever you want. And that's how the dream starts and it's very fun. But then maybe you see your teacher at the other end of the mall and there's this like sense of panic of like, oh shit, I'm caught, you know, because that's how <laughs> dreams anxiety. are, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe your teacher starts going towards you and you think like at first like i'll just casually kind of escape so you just the goal at that point in time the gameplay goal is to just escape your teacher and it's easy because your teacher is really far away but they keep getting faster and just keep sort of appearing closer to you no matter what you do so it's getting kind of scarier and the mall the the layout to the mall keeps changing so you're familiar with it because you were going around shopping at all these stores but now when you turn into what, what was the sports apparel store or whatever Mm-hmm. It's another hallway or it's like a service. So it's very hallway. disorienting. Right. It's disorienting. And it keeps putting you in these like, you know, where you're like, okay, well, shit, I don't know where to go now. Cause I thought if I went to the end of the hallway and ran out, I would be back in the main part of the mall. But when I did that, now I'm in this boiler room in the basement or something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> so it keeps like changing the layout and be disor- being disorienting. And your teacher keeps getting closer to you. And then when he gets right up to you, like right before he catches you, you see that his finger has knives on it or something like that. And you like wake up in in terror. 
And so week two is filled with dreams like this that are all specific to the choices that you made as as that that character. So maybe you make another choice as the as the the valley girl. Maybe instead of skipping class, you stayed in class and you fluted fluted. What the fuck? You fluted your way <laughs> to band practice. No, you flirted with the cute guy behind you in chemistry class, right? So instead of being in a mall, your dream starts in high school. And maybe you see him at the door signaling to you to follow him in, out into the hallway. So you sneak out of class and now he's down the hall and he's kind of like playfully teasing you to like chase him to the next hallway. So you keep following him and you're like, where are you going, Josh? Where are you? you know, <laughs> all this like playful banter. Um, and then you finally, you know, follow him to the gym, the gymnasium, and it's all dark and he's kind of standing in the middle with just a, a light on him. And you're like, this is kind of scary. Like, what are you doing, Josh? Like, and he's like, oh, come here. Like, it'll be, you know, pretend like it's our own little like prom <laughs> or something like that. And so as you get closer, he's kind of like beckoning you to come closer. And he's sounding a little bit creeper, creepier as he does it. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're getting a little bit more scared. And when you get closer to him, the game just sort of does that cool thing that games can do and just sort of magically makes his his blazer or whatever his letter letterman jacket or something mm-hmm. a red and green sweater and then your character comments on it like maybe she makes some joke about his terrible fashion sense um, and then you hear his voice shift to freddie's voice or something and then God. it becomes scary and you start running and kind right. of the same thing with them all like maybe you run into the next hallway you run back out into the hallway and the hallway's like an endless hallway and freddie starts popping out of lockers or popping out of classrooms and stuff like that and you mm-hmm. just can't escape because the school keeps changing layout and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like with video games, you have so many opportunities to do surreal stuff like Layers of Fear was doing, mm-hmm. where it's not super bizarre. Layers of Fear was very bizarre, but like it mixes enough fam- familiarity with these environments that we're all pretty much familiar with, like schools and hospitals and mm-hmm. and malls and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe not so much malls nowadays, um, but it twists them just enough to make them feel uncomfortable and unnerving right and i can i can imagine that with each character going through that like you're not sure what to expect the next time because it's a new character their experience is different the anxiety that that's going to build right and i think for replayability it would be so great because i like you picked the the mall the first time and you're like what if i would have stayed in class what would my dream have been like and of course these are like far-flung ideas this would be a very expensive game to make yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm not expecting i i'm i'm imagining i have unlimited budget you know what i mean sure, i'm like sure. you know because because you would have to, to to program probably two to three different dreams for each character each night yeah. um now the, the game would only take place over the course of maybe like a month so there would be like four weeks but each okay. week the dreams would get scarier in weeks one and two, you'd be pretty safe. Like in week two, Freddy is there and he's chasing you, but you're going to wake up in terror. But in week three, that's when your characters can start dying. And so to to beat the game, you technically only need the main character, the the final girl, as she would okay. be. Mm-hmm. She'd probably be, it would probably make her uh, a final girl because I feel like that would break conventions a lot to have it be i mean there are a couple of horror movies that have done that maybe that's something we would toy with either way the final person um technically that's the only person that you need but it would be a lot easier if you had friends that were still alive so you can't not go to sleep right maybe you can try right. maybe like in the movies they'll do they'll have like stay awake pills or like 
um, coffee and stuff like that. Maybe you can do that for your characters and keep them awake for max two to three days. But the more you do that, the more reality starts becoming your dreams because they do that in later movies where you have these micro dreams. And so maybe you're in school and you're awake, but you start seeing things and you're not sure if mm-hmm. you're awake and you're not sure. And, and like hallucinations. Right. And, stuff. and so like there's yeah. a risk to making your character stay up and the longer they stay up, like let's say you, you have them take those those stay awake pills for three days and you stay up for three days when you finally do go to sleep because it's inevitable freddie is there immediately there is no like prelude you don't get to get used to exploring right. this new environment he's been waiting right exactly he's fucking licking his little demony chops um <laughs> this will be so fun to play with like so let's say i collect the pills or whatever to stay awake when do i want to use them yeah or do you use them at all you know because yeah. maybe you want to get practice in there because in week two, it's all it's going to be all about running because the game wants to introduce that mechanic of running and getting okay. used to things being kind of surreal. In week three, and, and also in week two, you can maybe practice your defensive moves a little bit. In week three is where you really start to have to use them. So in week one, when the game introduces you to your character uh, and you start getting used to your character's hobby and their skills... Because um, every in week one, everyone's going to have to do something that's skill related. It's gonna it's gonna mm-hmm. get you practice with that thing. Um, and in week one or week two, maybe you practice that safely in the dream before Freddy starts chasing you. But the mechanics, like once Freddy starts chasing you, is going to be chase mechanics. It's going to be fleeing, running away mechanics. Um, but in week three, maybe you get a chance to finally start using those skills in a defensive way, and maybe even manipulating the dream world yourself through thought so maybe depending on your choices and depending on how much you um maybe like do dream research or investigate freddy during week weeks one and two well week two because week one no one believes in him um maybe you can start fighting back and and manipulating the dream world a little bit and so that is not going to stop freddy but it gives him more hurdles to overcome and the more you kind of lay lay more hurdles you can lay at his feet the more likely it is that you're going to survive to the final week which is going to be week okay. four or five um and and you can beat freddy and the great thing about this is if it's successful just like any good slasher you know <laughs> thing it can be there can be many sequels because you don't need the well, same imagine characters. the dlc though too yeah one of the dlc could introduce a totally different character into the mix with dlc you can even do nostalgic stuff you can have Ooh. classic characters um i think it would be cool to have a sequel where one of the original characters maybe visits like nancy or someone um i think robert england would have to play freddy krueger he said that he's interested in reprising the role um, Mm -hmm. in cameos or other ways so i think it would be awesome to get him to do the voice acting for it because voice acting not not nearly as demanding right so this is the kind of game that not only is fun to play, but would be fun to watch because it's got some elements in it kind of like Until Dawn that make it very streamable or mm-hmm. like sitting down on the couch and watching your friend play. Yeah. And I, I one of the things is like when when you're running in the, the chase sequences where the world's changing, the maps are changing, that would be procedural. So like mm-hmm. when you're running through the high school one playthrough and you're like, OK, well, if I make three lefts and then I go into the history classroom i can escape next time it's not going to be like that so it's going to be like your real dreams um and there's so many bizarre surreal things that you can do with each character like i said i i 
I part part of me started to sit down and say, this is what you know the <laughs> the director's dream would look like. But you can do all kinds of stuff where the director is not the director anymore in his dream. He's the actor, and Freddie's the director, and he's screaming things at him, and everything Gosh. that Freddie screams at him, the guy has to do because he's not in charge anymore. So, and another thing is, another reason I stopped writing the characters is because I was making them too likable. Because like, like oh. I said, I wanted like a diverse cast, right? So I was like, I want to be, I want to have a, a, a kid that's representative because there is a, a kid in a wheelchair in one of the movies. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, let's have a little bit more representation in terms of disability, in terms of, you know, race and ethnicity and everything. But the, the problem with that is that I wanted those characters to be likable and you can't have all of your characters in a slasher be likable right, because then right. it's too heartbreaking. A lot of characters in slasher movies are either unlikable or like yeah. only likable to a point. They they have mm-hmm. certain flaws. And so I was like, this is this is too hard. I <laughs> I'll do that when they start paying me. Um, well, you know, save those ideas for when they contact yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah, and and the music of course would be. Uh, pretty traditional mm-hmm. music um maybe they would play with that a little bit where you start hearing because in the original nes version when your character starts falling asleep you fall asleep and then you're in a dream world it changes the world that you're in and then eventually when freddy shows up you hear the one two freddy's coming for you mm-hmm. that kind of thing maybe there's a hint of that that returns in this one um or maybe that's just something that we're occasionally if you've done a certain thing during the day you'll see the little so another returning um, trope in the movies is these little girls in white dresses that are jump roping and singing that song so maybe you'll see them in one of your (laughs) early dreams or something yeah um and maybe maybe later on you know you get to go to nancy's house you know because that's where maybe that's like where the big showdown happens and you get to see like they do a complete recreation of that house in in the game i think that would be really awesome um this is a great idea it and it it definitely is giving me some until dawn vibes just as far as like so you want to or you can survive the game and have all your your characters live yeah but just like with until dawn some of them might die like that's a challenge in and of itself so that's cool yeah absolutely in fact i mean the cards are going to be stacked against you it's going to be really hard to keep all of them alive the game will will keep the main character alive unless you really fuck up but that's only <laughs> one of seven characters you know every day right. of the week is going to be a different character so um yeah so i think i mean i think there's plenty of like fine-tuning and tweaking that could be done mm-hmm. um but and but i think like you said it could appeal to both nightmare and elm street fans like myself who've been wanting a game like this for many years but also horror games in general are so big on twitch right now and streamers are constantly looking for new horror games. And this game would not be a game that you can just play through once and, okay, that's right. it. Like, these dream sequences have so much potential, which, again, very expensive to produce. I understand that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but these dream, dream dream sequences and having seven characters with different types of dreams, there would be so much. And in a mm-hmm. future game, you could even do... so in. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, they introduced the idea of pulling your friends into your dreams. Ooh. Guess what? What if you have like a crossover dream between the valley girl and the computer nerd or something like that? So, yeah. Maybe that's what the first DLC is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then multiplayer in the future, you know, having oh. having friends help you in your dreams. Like one of you <laughs> tries to stop Freddy. The other one tries to escape. That would be pretty cool. But Very awesome. Yeah, so someone 
please. New Line Cinema, <laughs> anyone, Ubisoft, you have a lot of money. Make <laughs> these games. <laughs> Do it. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so those are our games. Those are our ideas. We'll probably do this again somewhere down the line. I had a lot of fun doing mm-hmm. it. Um, hopefully it wasn't too too boring. Maybe maybe if you hate Nightmare on Elm Street, you're like, don't make this game. But we'll probably do this again in the future at some point. Yes. But uh, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um. All right. Well, next week we'll be talking about... Our furry friends. Yeah, what what are we talking about next week? I was about to be like, what? We're talking about our favorite animals, our favorite animal companions oh, and animals and games okay. and things like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So look forward to that. We're going to talk about horses, dogs, other animal companions, fictional animal companions. Cool, cool. Um, All right. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Reach us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Losperman. And have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah. Catch you later. Bye.